On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. You are not afraid of new love. You are afraid of old pain. And that pessimism is a sign that you have old pain and you are afraid of re-experiencing that, which is basically a trauma. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, lady, today we have a very special guest in Cultivating Her Space. So we're just going to jump on in because this conversation is going to be super juicy. So let's dive on in. Brittany Jenkins, better known as Bree to her clients, has been working in the mental health, life coaching, and counseling services field since 2002. A graduate of both Pepperdine University's Graduate School of Education and Psychology and Dillard University's Bachelor of Arts in Psychology program, she has extensive training in the mental health field. Bree brings a wide range of techniques and skills to the therapy room for couples and adult individuals to make the changes they desire. Bree is an African-American and multicultural therapist and dating and life coach who has extensive experience working with Black, Latino, Asian, and Caucasian clients. She focuses on couples and adults with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and a multitude of other mental health, social, and emotional problems. So without further ado, y'all, let's jump on in. Welcome, Bree, to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. Yes, yes, we are. And so we will start off with the quote of the day, which will sound really familiar to you, Bree, because these are your words. We were all on your social media and watching your videos and just so many gems. And so the one that stood out to us was... You cannot fix what you deny. And I'm going to say that again for the people in the back, because this quote really taps into the topic that we will be diving into today. Bree says, you cannot fix what you deny. Bree, when you hear your words, what what comes up for you and and give our listeners a little bit of context on what what you meant. Yeah, you know when I heard the words I was like, "Come on now." But then they're for me. <laughs> but I feel like it is it's like a little sermon, a bite-sized sermon because it's so true, right? If we are denying something, it's not in our consciousness. We have no energy to put towards rectifying it. It is just 
operating in our lives and we don't even have a chance to change anything because we're not even recognizing or acknowledging that the problem exists. So you can't even fix it. You know, if you don't know it's an issue, it's like hidden pipes in your house that's leaking. You could have molds all back there getting sick and don't know why. You better look at that wall and figure out, oh, there's a problem. There's a leak. Let me address it. But if you don't even know it exists, then you really have no hope of improving it. So I, I love that quote. I, I'm, I don't even know where you found it from. <laughs> Probably was in the caption or something, but I love the quote and I think it's so appropriate to our mental health, to our relationships, to, you know, every facet of life, really. Now, Brie, we're going to dive in more and learn more about your background, but I have to know, why do you think, like, what are some of the most popular reasons people don't identify or they they are in denial about the things that might be going on? What do you find are some of the common themes? Yeah. I mean, I think you really have to be a person who has a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. You know, a fixed mindset is very take it as it is. I am what I am. I am. This is me. You know, like this is me. I ain't changing. Everyone just needs to get used to it. And when you embrace a growth mindset, you're really a person who is saying, you know, you can be an acceptance of who you are. You can love yourself for who you are. We're all imperfect and and that's okay. But we also embrace that there is a higher version of me that I'm trying to get to, right? And that journey is endless. We're never going to get at the top of the mountain peak. As I say, we're never going to reach perfection, right? But if you have a growth mindset, you are just recognizing that this is a journey. And along that way, I want to learn lessons and I want to elevate who I am. And so I think people avoid doing that work when they feel like it is what it is. This this is who I am. This is who I've always been. And everyone just has to kind of take it. But the thing is, is like people don't actually have to take it and neither do you, right? And you could be missing out on so many blessings by not just trying to cultivate a different mindset and a different version of yourself. Or I don't like to say change. A lot of times I, I prefer the word evolve, right? Because like evolution, it feels more natural sometimes than telling a person they need to change. Oh, I Thank love you. that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Brie, you are already dropping some gems for us. So let's back up just a little bit and tell us your origin story, like what motivated you to become a therapist and how did you become a dating coach as well? Because we know that those are two different things. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it's so interesting. That question has actually never been asked to me back to back. And so when I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, both of these careers and these passion points actually come from my family. So I always was a person that people would tell their problems to and say like, oh, you give good advice and stuff. I think I always had that natural something that many therapists have, right? And it made me interested in human psychology. But the real catalyst was that my brother, I was a sophomore in high school and he was a senior. He graduated. He went away to school. He was very smart, intelligent. He went to Duke University. And my brother actually passed away in 2015, unrelated to mental health issues, which is why I'm speaking in past tense. I just want to clarify that for listeners. But he went away to college. And like so many people, he had his first mental health episode. He had a manic episode. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. He had to withdraw from school and start medication. And I watched what that was like for someone who had no mental health issues to suddenly have, you know, a chronic mental health issue and how difficult that was for him to find care that looked like him, to find care that was culturally competent for someone who understood him and his, you know, his journey and his lifestyle and you know, the way that he talked and all those things. And I think unconsciously, I was like, my brother is not the only person who's experiencing this. And I think there was an unconscious desire for me to be that person for somebody else. So I got into therapy. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Definitely felt the need for more therapists of color. I mean, we, we've, we're now starting to fill the gap of having more, you know, black therapists and more therapists of color. But when I first started, you know, years and years and years ago, I was a unicorn. 
So it's definitely been a passion point of mine. And then in terms of dating coach, so my sister actually is why I became a dating coach. So she was really smart and a bookworm. And, you know, my sister graduated when she was like 15 and a half and she went to Stanford. Okay. So I'm talking super smart bookworm, not super romantically socially developed. You know, she had friends and stuff, but she was chronologically underage than her counterparts in her grade. So she really struggled in the love zone. And there was a summer when both of us were broke and unemployed, okay, because this is during the recession. I had graduated from my master's program. I was staying with her. I'm from New Orleans. We were staying on Canal Street. And I was like, hey, hometown girl. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So we were staying in her little apartment on Canal Street and we were both broke. And I was like, look, sis. I'm going to take us on steak dinners and lobster dinners all summer long if you let me help you. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to help get us some dates because we're too broke to afford to do anything in this in this apartment. And so she was like, okay, I'll, I'll let you help me. And so I actually like redid her profile and, you know, gave her a little makeover and helped her with some things. And she actually met her husband. Yes. Wow. She met her husband. And... One of her best friends was like, okay, <laughs> help me out. I, I've, I, I've been dating, but it's been rough out here. So I helped her and she got in a long-term relationship. And it was like, I did that with like three people. And then I was like, you know what? This is a totally separate skill from me being a therapist. I mean, being a therapist does inform some of my work. You know, like you can't ever really 100% turn it off. I think it only helps though. But I realized that it's a whole set of skills that a lot of people lack and they don't realize specifically that they need a dating coach. So that was also the catalyst for me becoming a dating coach. So interestingly, my family had a big impression on me and what I do. Thank you for sharing that. And so sorry for your loss. We appreciate you being so transparent and vulnerable with sharing about your brother. And I do think it's beautiful how your family inspired both of those career paths. And you you figured out a way to pull them both off, right? Sometimes I think people feel as though they have to choose. And the fact that you were able to use that and the, or, or go into those fields and use the transferable skills from each, I'm sure, to inform one another, that's amazing. And also, I'm like, that's so dope how you all are both from New Orleans. I'm like, okay, both therapists. Look at y'all. What? Okay, come on. Mm-hmm. I, love I, love, it. I love it. I love it. So. Great. Let's get into your brand name. Okay. We absolutely love your brand name, The Gather Life. Okay. So dope. Can you talk to us a little bit about the background behind the name? Yeah. So The Gather Life is a, it's actually been an evolution. So years and years and years ago, when I was single and dating, you know, my friend would be like, what's your type? And I would always say, got themselves together. I would be like, you know, house, job, car, which in LA is a hard trifecta to meet, right? I would be like, house, job, car, and then have their minds together. That's what I would always say. Like, I need them to be together because these men don't have it together. That's what I would always say. And so I went on this date with a guy and I was like, girl, he just did not have his stuff together. I was like, it was all over the place. And she was like, oh, he was ungathered, friend. And I was like, yes, he was ungathered. He was ungathered. And then from there, I started saying, all right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. I need them to be gathered. I need things to be gathered. And that's kind of where the term came from. And so my first actual thing was I had a I had a fashion blog because I have like a styling fashion kind of background thing. It was called The Gathered Lady. And I would talk about I would talk about style and having like a life that you enjoyed and having beauty around you and stuff. And then I was like, I want to meet like-minded people. So I had a gathered LA trying to meet like-minded people. And then eventually I was like, how do I bridge putting people together and like the essence of the lifestyle that you want? And I was like, oh, the gathered life. I mean, it just was like a great umbrella for the fact that I do multiple things. I help people in their love life. I help people with their mental health, their mental life. I, I'm a life coach. Like I was like, you know what? It's all about having your life together. And of course, we never have it all 100% together. I want to dispel that myth, right? But we're all on a journey of just finding the parts of ourselves that we want you know, to embrace, finding the higher versions of ourselves that we want to embrace and connecting with other people. So that's kind of where the gather life came from. I love that. Yes. Let's get, let's get our lives together. Let's, yes. I love that. And so you have had multiple facets within this gathered life, right? Mm -hmm. And so you talk about being a therapist, a dating coach and a life coach. Now, before we kind of go deeper into the dating coach part, can you kind of explain to folks why there needs to be a distinction between therapist, life coach, dating coach, and how you navigate that under this umbrella of the gathered life? Absolutely. So I definitely see the roles as all three different things. They, there's a common thread in that what I always tell people is like, you know, people are like, oh, you're like a jack of all trades. I'm like, not really. What I do is help people transform their lives. I know how to help people change their lives somehow. And it's really through a specific lens. So all my work is with people. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not over here building cabinets and then talking about, I can sing for you. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's a focus. Exactly. I work with people <laughs> and I understand people and how to help them have a transformation somehow. For me, when I'm in the therapy zone, you know, I start with the assessment for everyone, anyone who contacts me for services, whether it doesn't matter if it's, they're saying life coaching therapy or day coaching. I'm very selective about aligning with clients because I believe that I genuinely like to like my clients. I want to be invested in them having the outcome that they want. And I think that work is easier when you really understand and align with someone. So even if somebody's like, I want to hire you as a dating coach, I'm like, let's have a consultation, <laughs> you know? Because sometimes people say, I want to hire you as a dating coach. And then I hear trauma, 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 unprocessed trauma, unprocessed trauma, you know, perhaps possibly a mental health disorder, you know, things that really, really need to be addressed before they're even going to be able to absorb and apply any of the skills that I give you. Don't, it doesn't matter if I teach you how to flirt or be in your feminine energy or, you know, 
help you find your most aligned, attractive. None of that's going to help if really you just keep chasing people that are emotionally unavailable. You know, so a lot of times it's like I will, for most of my coaching clients, either they've been through therapy somehow and now they're trying to to zone in on a specific area of their life that they really want to focus on, or I'll work simultaneously while they do therapy with with someone else. So it's really about assessing which one it is. For me, therapy is very much like mental health, past trauma, going really deep, also going slow. Therapy is a slower process, right? When I'm doing coaching, like for life coaching, I have a couple, like a, a nice batch of, I basically work with like kind of like celebrity artists and high executives. And there's very specific things that they want to work on, you know? So that's t- tends to do to be what I do when I do life coaching. And then with date coaching, I'm looking for all the things that you can't do as a therapist. You know, like I tell people like, I'm your therapist. I cannot be your dating coach right now because a a therapist is not going to say, this is a bad picture. Take this off your profile. A dating coach will. And that is going to make a difference. 50% of, of the people who respond to your profile are looking at your picture as a deciding factor, 50%. So as a dating coach, I'm going to say, this is not a great picture. You know, it doesn't show off you in your most beautiful light. You know, we really need to show off your lovely eyelashes or you have such a pretty smile. You haven't shown any, you know, pictures of smile or whatever. But as a therapist, I'm not going to give that feedback or whatever or be like, oh, I think, you know, you need to focus on clearing up your skin. I'm not saying that stuff to my client that can hurt their feelings, you know? So it's like very important that people understand the distinction and really get the support in the specific area that they need. I just think that's such a beautiful marriage of your skills and interests and areas of expertise. And I can imagine, I would assume that it's not easy for you to get bored because you get to kind of switch these different hats between clients. That is so awesome. That's so dope. Oh my gosh. I love that. So Bray, we're about to switch up the energy real quick and then we're going to dive back into the more formal professional interview. So we're going to go ahead and just switch it up right now. Mm -hmm. Now, Brie, because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe here on the podcast that it's okay to be bougie and classy and ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. So we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Yes, I'm here for it. Y'all speaking my language. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that you said that. So now that we got you, now that you said yes, we're going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay. So we're going to ask you three questions. Mm-hmm. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then finally, we have three photos pulled up of you from social media that we found because we've been stalking a little bit. And we want you to choose one photo and give us some context that we would not know about the photo based on just looking at the photo. Got it. Let's jump on in. Dom, you want to start off? All right. So, Bree, what is the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? You know what? I think it's a quote that is one of my favorite quotes, and it is, you can search the entire universe for a person who is more worthy of your love and attention and you will not find them. Wow. So for me, that always just brings me back to like, no one is more deserving of my love and attention than me, right? Other people are, but I deserve, no one is is more worthy. You know what I mean? So that's like something I try to live by and remind myself of all the time because I'm a caregiver and I'm always giving to people and I'm like guess what you just you deserve care just as much as everyone else so beautiful and Brie you said that was a deep question well I think I might have a deeper question depending on how you look at this question okay so I have four words for you okay twerk or two-step what you gonna do that was an easy one we should have knew that's for capital yes of course okay. capital. I, capital like we call it popping but now it's twerk yes, but you know yes, what i'm saying yes, we've been yes. popping since we was little since way back when yes that part 
All right. So the next question, Brie, is what is the sexiest item you own? You know what? It may be a pair of thigh-high latex boots. Oh. Savage what? X Fenty. Thigh-high oh. latex boots. You know, Rihanna, she just be coming with it. it always. Okay. Yes. I'm at the Google that and look them up and guess I that. love What's a thigh-high boot. Yes. I just think, even though it's covered, there's just something about it that's so sexy. And oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got these black latex ones that are just fire. Okay, I'm going to Google that after the uh, conversation. <laughs> I'm going to Google that after. I need, to, I need to look that up. Okay, so now, Brie, we're going to move on. You done got me distracted. I'm like, where are we at, y'all? Where are we at? What's going on? We're going to move on to the sentence completion, Brie. So okay. here's your first sentence completion. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... Dating for black women specifically well Brie I mean you know that's we're gonna be talking about that today on this episode but just to give the folks a little preview the one thing I wished black women knew about dating is that they should open up their dating options to as many suitors as possible and not just hyper-focus on Black men, not just hyper-focus on specific height. It's like, open that thing up. It's going to help you. Even if you wind up getting your original thing, open it up, girl. We're going to have to jump into that a little bit deeper in just a bit once we finish the Oh, You Blatchet segment, because that was a, a gem right there. Now, the last sentence completion here is, what I love most about myself is... My realness. Yeah, my realness. I think for me, back when I first became a therapist, there were so few of us. It was difficult for me to actually embrace me as a therapist and, and the different skills that I had. Like you said, oh, it's, I'm surprised that you were able to marriage it. That was an act of bravery because there really was no one saying that that was allowed. If anything, it was saying like, you need to be wearing a big sweater and drinking a cup of tea with a bun and a you know, yoga pants on. And I was like, ooh, that's not me. And so I really had to just embrace my version of me being myself and eventually get more comfortable with it and recognize there is a space for it. And it really aligns for a lot of people. That's so powerful. Ooh, so yes, you follow, I love right? that. When you follow your gut and you're able to see like, oh, this made sense all along to follow my gut and not listen to what everyone else says. So thank you for sharing that. All right. So, Brie, we have some photos pulled up of you okay. on social media. And these photos, some of these photos, they are just they crazy. They're like bad. They're so good. So you're only going to choose one, though. So if you can okay. choose a number between or a number out of one and three, we're going to go ahead and show you the photo on the big screen. And then okay. you can give us more context. Let's go with three. Three. Okay, let's see. Number three. This is a cute one. This is actually a really cute one. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me share. And please describe the photo for folks that are not watching us on Patreon. And then give us the ah! context. What are we looking at? Okay, we're looking at me just luxuriating in infinity pool overlooking the Pacific Ocean. I was in Maui. This was my bridal photography shoot and I was just basking in the feminine energy of getting married the celebration of you know culminating a, a, a love <laughs> a wedding right and I just was at peace and in such deep gratitude so but yeah that's the context mine is why I have the, the flower wreath on my head and I'm just basking in the water my friend Andrea Hausman she's amazing Coco House Photography took this and it's one of my favorite pictures but to me look even my quote is like are you ready to step into your feminine essence exactly this was like feminine goddess energy wow I, I, I see it I see it so lady if you're listening to this episode you definitely need to become a Patreon subscriber so that you can see that beautiful photo all right now we're going to hop right back into our conversation here with our next question, Brie. So hopefully you enjoyed the OU Blatchett segment and thank you that for participating so with us. Yes, yes, that was great. 
Now, one thing I want to ask you about, you mentioned this in the segment, you talked about black women just opening up their... All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans. And it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. They're they're pool of options when it comes to dating. One thing that I often hear a lot of Black women or Black people talk about when it comes to dating is their partner not understanding the Black experience. Can you talk to that in particular? I hear this from men and women who are dating. They're like, you know, I experienced this thing on the street and then I come home to my partner and they may not understand how to navigate that. So spill the tea, Bray, spill the tea. (laughs) So this is is my thing. So we assume that a Black, another Black person is going to intrinsically understand our experience, which they most likely will, most likely, not always, right? All skin folk ain't can folk, right? <laughs> but we also assume that they're going to provide us the most comfort for that experience. And that is not necessarily true, as most people can attest to being in families where people do not provide you the optimal type of support that you would like to have. For me, I went through the process of opening my dating my dating arena. My husband is actually Persian. I was not intending on (laughs) dating or marrying somebody who was, who was not black, but it just so happened that my person happened to not be black once I really allowed myself to open and expand. And I went through the, what if he doesn't understand? What if he's, my husband is like the most supportive, the most Black Lives Matter, baby, what you need from me? Okay, we was dressed in damn daishikis for the premiere of <laughs> Black Panther together. I was like, uh, we all come and dressed. He was like, okay, what I need to wear, you know? So it's like, you don't necessarily have that from your partner. And I will say because he's he is a person of color, so he does understand quite a lot of what I experienced. Not everything, but I will say that there's probably... Five, 10% of things I really need to sit down and explain to him. So I think it's really like you have to give each person an opportunity to show you how open they are, how supportive they are, because 
what we ultimately want is we want to feel safety in our relationship around our black experience. And safety can come from anywhere. We just assume the only person who can make us feel safe is a black person. But like most women, I also have experienced dating a black man and feeling not supported in some of my black journeys. You know, when I went natural, I did a big chop, right? At the time, my boyfriend was not happy about that big chop. He was not understanding the natural situation. Whereas my husband was like, that that looked good. <laughs> you know, like I like it. I love it. I want to feel it. I want to put my hands in it. Like it's just gorgeous to him. So, and that was surprising for me. Right. And I know that is not everyone's experience because I've dated other black men who absolutely love my natural hair and I felt support and all the things. But I'm just putting it that like sometimes we have to open our mind and allow people to show us who they are rather than dating, trying to prevent a piece of pain that hasn't even happened yet. Wow. Thank you for that. I, I think that that has probably been the best explanation that I have heard so far around why it's important for Black women to open themselves up to dating outside of Black men. Yeah. So yeah. thank thank you for that. Welcome. And so something you mentioned in that in the answer to that question about the need for safety. Right. And for all of us, that's like on the basic, that's basic levels of needs, right? Right after food, clothing, and shelter is like the need for safety. Mm -hmm. But some of what can trigger our safety needs is based in trauma. Absolutely. And so what are some of the common patterns or blind spots that you notice from clients who are interested in dating, but not, not aware that they have trauma? That's a wonderful question. There's a couple big pieces that stick out for me. One of my top pieces that I kind of look for is pessimism. I always tell people when they start my Diamond Dating League, which is like my kind of course curriculum that I take people through when they want to do like, they want to learn how to have elevated dating and learn how to successfully navigate that for healthy relationships. I always say that you are not afraid of new love. You're afraid of old pain. Ooh, say that one more time for the people in the back. You are not afraid of new love. You are afraid of old pain. And that pessimism is a sign that you have old pain and you are afraid of re-experiencing that which is basically a trauma. So very pessimistic is, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't come from anywhere. When I hear people say the streets are trash or these men don't want to commit and all these things, I'm not gaslighting you. I know that those those things exist. I experience those things myself. But the belief that there's nothing out there, there's no one out there, that kind of scarcity thinking and stuff, it usually comes from trauma. And that trauma can show up a lot of different ways, you know, for Black women in particular, there's so much heightened focus and media focus. It Not as much now. We do a better job of showing like Black joy and Black excellence and stuff. But there was a period where it was brutal. I mean, every time you turn on the dog on the damn television, it was like, you're going to be single. Also, you're going to have diabetes. Also, you're going to die in childbirth. Also, they ain't got no men for you. Also, and you was like, damn. <laughs> you know, it's like right. you're just like, ingesting that toxicity mm -hmm. every day. So how can you feel hopeful when you're constantly being traumatized by, you know, statistic and talk pieces and think pieces that are basically telling you there's nothing out there. It's barren land for you. And so that pessimism, it's not that it doesn't come from anywhere, but I do consider the type of trauma specifically that a lot of black women carry. And so I do a lot of debugging of all of those things and showing like, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. You know, and I keep saying this, people, that's not going to help you. Like what's going to help you is this other way of thinking and opening up your world. Another sign of, of trauma that I think pattern trauma that I think people need to recognize is if you keep getting the non-committals and having emotionally unavailable attachments with people, that is definitely a sign of past trauma. Yes, in general, there are a lot of people who are less committal. I frankly believe that that's also from trauma that 
everyone experiences. Like these men walk around with trauma too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Men, women, children, babies, all the people are walking around with trauma unprocessed. But if you, if it's been years and years and years and you only have situationships, I'm telling you, it is a sign that you need to do some deeper work. People don't like to hear that. But then when we do the work and then they're like, I have a, I'm in a relationship now. I'm like, see, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's a, it's a sign. Yeah. What I usually say is like five years, no relationships, only situationships. You need to be looking at if there's some trauma. And then I think the other thing that I really like to look for is like, if you are overthinking, overanalyzing every little thing, that's definitely a sign of trauma. You're being hypervigilant about pain points that can happen. So those are just some really big flags. There's a lot more, but you know. That's super helpful. And I'm sure some people are having aha moments or ouch moments, right? Where it's like, oh, damn, she's talking about me. So lady, you have resources here in this interview, right? So Brie, I've experienced this in my journey, but I've heard this from friends too, where, you know, back in college, this would happen a lot. You would go home and they're like, when are you going to be in a relationship? When's the baby coming? When's it just all in your business, right? Just inappropriate and well-meaning, but like well-intentioned, but it's like, no thanks. What are mm-hmm. some practical tips, right, that you would recommend for friends and family who are looking to support a loved one who is struggling with their dating life? Yeah. So the pressure is not going to ever help. You know, I think it's always important to come from a conversational space rather than like, I have an intention to get you to do something space. And sometimes asking one well-placed question is better than having a question that has a specific agenda behind it. You know, asking somebody, how are you doing? How's the love life going? How's the love life going? Is very different than when you're going to bring somebody home, (laughs) you know, like how's the love life going? That's a piece of concern. That's an area of people's lives that, you know, they can talk about and share and just being encouraging. I always say that like, we need more positive voices, encouraging relationships. Again, relationships are not the end all be all of anybody's worth. You know, we don't all have to be in relationships, but certainly we are relational creatures And love is a deep desire for most people. And so just encouraging a person being like, you know, love is out there and you should just stay positive. Eventually that's going to happen for you. I believe it, you know, whatever those things are, if love is something that you want, it's finding its way to you. Learning how to say some positive things rather than what you're doing wrong. A lot of times people come from this position of what are you doing wrong to not have had this thing? rather than being encouraging about, oh, okay, well, I'm encouraging you. I believe in you. I see your worth. You know, I want you to keep hope. I want you to keep belief in this area of your life if this is something that you want. Beautiful. I love that. I I think that that's so important is to focus on the positive, right? You know, there's a, that, what's that old saying? You attract more bees with honey than vinegar. Mm. It goes something like that. So that basically if you wanting, if you have concern about someone in your life, who's dating, be kind in the conversation. Yes. I, I like that. And so now let's say that someone is out there and they recognize, like they've been listening and they're like, they've had those aha or those ouch moments Mm -hmm. and they recognize that they've got some work to do on healing their trauma or other mental health concerns before they start the dating process. I know therapy is always going to be one option, but what are some other tips to help that person start processing and healing before they start dating? Absolutely. I think that outside of therapy, which is like gold standard, go to therapy, right? Definitely hire a dating coach. I mean, one thing I always point out because I work with single successful women is like, we will invest in areas of growth for almost everything except for our love life. It'll be like, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to get a business coach. I have a tax professional. I have a cleaning lady. I have a hairstylist. I have a manicurist. I have, you know, I'm not doing my car. I have a package to get the car done, you know. But when it comes to love life, it's like a little bit of the Disney programming is there of like, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Prince Charming is just going to, you know, 
my special person, and I don't want to all just use, you know, gender language, but like my person is going to come in and find me. There's nothing for me to do. And I think that is some conditioning, unfortunately, that a lot of women have been socialized to think. And the truth is, is that you can have an active, you can be an active participant in your love life. So hiring somebody who's a professional in that area is, is, is a key move. It's a money-making move. I definitely think you should enlist relationship positive people. It will not help you to just have relationship toxic voices around you or people who are all experiencing, you know, like if, if all your friends are newly traumatized or divorced or in the strugglations too, right? What we believe is what we find. So it's like, you're going to be in an echo chamber, an echo chamber of like, it's bad out here. There's hopelessness. And if you maybe have some people around you that are saying, you know what, there are still good people. You're a good person. If you're a good person, there's another one. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's somebody out there and I want to keep encouraging you. I think it's so important to cultivate those relationships, specifically people who are relationship positive. I definitely always tell people to detox their social media Stop following those accounts right? that drive you crazy. And, you know, they be giving everybody and their mama a microphone now. So people be talking reckless. And, you know, it's clickbaity. We know that those are going to, we know it's going to cause, we know it's going to cause people to talk. You know, we know that there are relationship and dating experts that basically just berate people all day and, and make people mad and make people, you know, tear them down for everything under the sun. Do not ingest that stuff. It's not, you know, it's it's only going to hurt. And then get yourself a support of friends who are in the same place as you, but have the same mindset of wanting to have love and have some healing around dating so that you all can encourage each other and make a pact. Be like, look, we're going to have a specific thread for the dating. And in that zone, we're going to encourage each other. So if somebody ghosts you, guess what we all going to do? We're going to be like, bye, gone, bye, ghost, bye, ghost, you bomb, you fire, we love you, you're worth it, you're worthy, your love is coming. You know, like you have that squadron that's going to keep you uplifted. And so you're all vibing off of that same thing. And I promise you, it will be a game changer. That is so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing these gems. Now, I do want to say I've heard of FOMO, right? Fear of missing mm-hmm. out. And researching for this episode, I didn't realize that, I guess it's called FODA, fear of dating again is a thing. I was like, mm, they mm-hmm, got acronyms mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> they do. So you gave us, okay, you gave us some tips. Can you talk a little bit about, or maybe share two practical tips that someone can use today on their dating profile? You dropped a couple throughout the episode, but it, like someone that's listening, they're like, I got the coach. I got my group chat with my friends. What can I do on my dating profile right now? What should I have on there so mm-hmm. that I can attract my husband or whoever they're, or yes. my wife, whoever they're trying to attract? their partner? Oh, I love this question. So I'll give two great tips. One, the photo is everything. So you got to have the golden photo. Golden photo being a clear shot, nobody else in a shot during the daytime, chest upward, eyes engaged, preferably smiling, right? Okay. Yes. This is y'all give, come on. Y'all ready. Y'all like cheese. You know what I mean? Give a little bit of charm. Make sure your eyes are smizing like, you know, Tyra Banks say whatever. Have that shot as your top profile picture. It's going to yield a lot better. Next, get rid of anything on your profile that is negative because people quickly associate you with negative. So do not talk to Mr. Eggplant, don't be like, don't, don't message me if you over here with the pictures with the, like, don't even acknowledge those people. Use that, that real estate to talk about who it is that you want to attract, right? Because if somebody sees that you are complaining about all of the dusties on the app, they know that you are struggling with the dusties. So if they're not a dusty, they're going to be like, oh, she's, she's really struggling and it's giving bitter. So then, do you know what I mean? And 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 we've seen it before. You've been shopping and seen somebody who's just complaining. And it's like, you complaining is not attracting me to you. I don't even know who you are. And all I see is that you're frustrated. So I say, get rid of any negative tidbits and get yourself at least one good quality picture. I always tell people it's better to have three good pictures than three good, two bad, 
one okay like you don't have to use all the pictures it's better to have a little mystery and 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 give a strong impression than to have stuff out there that's dragging you down so no picture with the filter with the dog emoji none of no those dancing <laughs> toasts no sausage sandwiches no cats no dogs none of those silly filters get rid of them everyone knows you know if your eyes are like seven times the size of of normal and your skin looks like it's been buffed with a professional car waxer, then don't use it because people know that you don't look like that. That was so good, Brie. This was such yes. a vibe. You were a vibe. Yes. Y'all got to go on Patreon and tune in. Your background's vibe. You look fly. Yes. The content was great. This was so much fun. Thank you for the work that you do and for just dropping so many gems here on the episode. Please let people know what you're working on, how they can support you, how they can follow you, where to find you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. You guys can follow me at The Gathered Life on Instagram, at Gathered Life on TikTok. My website is www.thegatheredlife.com. I'm very brand consistent. Okay. So if you want to get gathered, follow me at The Gathered Life. I'm most active on IG. I have a free masterclass that I usually do maybe once every two months. So definitely hop in for that. The link is in my Instagram bio where I just go through, you know, the top dating trends that are killing your love life, the high value qualities that you need to get a high uh, quality partner and upgrading your profile. So definitely follow that. And yeah, I'd love to connect. I'm so happy to be here. This was a great conversation. Oh, yes. We we definitely enjoyed having you. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Just because I can do it all doesn't mean I have to do it all.